before you tonight just sensing your presence your spirit is here tonight father we submit ourselves to you now we ask O oh Lord as we've been able to worship and praise you the King of Kings Lord what a day that'll be when we see you in person and we can truly worship you for all that you are but Lord while we're here we're grateful for these moments Lord it is a foretaste of glory divine. I pray, O oh Lord, now as we've assembled, as we've come together, Lord, that you take us beyond the natural, beyond what we see. Lord, in our minds, we've been through battles. We've been through different experiences through the day. We've encountered spirits maybe in our daily walk. And, but Lord, we believe now we're here where the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here. And we're inviting you, Lord, now just come. Use our vessels. Receive glory to your name. And may your blessing be upon us tonight. We pray and ask this, Father, thanking you for your goodness and grace to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Nice to have Brother Philip back. Nice to see you, Brother Jerry. Healing is a process. It's a given. It's a surety. And it's going to happen. Good to see all of you. We're happy to be in the house of the Lord again. Happy for this new year. And happy that we're getting a little bit of winter. 
Wow, that's the least amens I heard out of anything. <laughs> God bless you. Let's turn in the Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. It was a nice gathering on the New Year's. It was just a nice spirit of worship and fellowship and uh, eating. Uh, it was all good. And uh, we thank the Lord for it. It was just thank you all for the you that participated. We're going to take Isaiah chapter 9, and this is maybe a text that is used at the time of Christmas. We're just between Christmas seasons right now, the traditional Christmas season and the Orthodox Christmas season. So we're still in, we're still in season with this. Was that all right? All right. Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That is marvelous to me. <laughs> it's going to keep unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. And we got a little part of it right now. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'll also read over in Micah. This is the book of Micah, chapter 5. It's one of the minor prophets, but it's a similar passage used at this time. Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of Thee shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old and from everlasting. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel." And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now shall he be great, for now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. God bless his word. You may have your seats. And I will read one more scripture to kind of conclude this passage. And it's in Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, and I'll just pick this up from verse 4. Let's actually read from verse 3. Now when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Now what had they heard? The wise men that came to him and said, where is he born King of the Jews. Now that, that'll, that's enough to get the ire of any ruler. Uh, there's a king of the Jews coming. Where is he? He's been born. Oh, really? 
Let me find out. Let me hear more. You know, as if, as if he wanted to. When he heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with them. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of together, of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Now, in Isaiah, it would talk about the government would be on his shoulders. And it would say the increase of his government, there will be no end. And then it would talk in Bethlehem and say, he will be a ruler. But now Matthew pulls these all together and says, out of thee shall come a governor which shall rule my people Israel. So I want to speak tonight on the rise of the governor. And this will be part of maybe a, a couple of services that I would take. But uh, a governor is a person who governs or who has authority, uh, one that conducts the policy or the actions or the affairs of a people. He's a ruler or a chief magistrate of a country, a state, or an organization. A governor is one that is appointed, an appointed representative to a particular domain. So I want to I just use this, and I'll, I'll go into it a little bit, but I, I want you to think with me a little bit here. A governor has been given uh, a temporal domain. In other words, let's take Joseph. He was made governor of all of Egypt. Now, there was still a king who was king over all of Egypt, but for a period of time, he said, Joseph, I am making you over all of my affairs. I am putting you in this position. We, if, if, as you said, there'll be seven years of, of, of plenty and then seven years of famine, you will be the governor. Now, he was the governor. He was also a type of Christ. But his government, Joseph Natural, didn't continue because one day there was a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph that began to rise. But he was given a temporal position. We can read about different governors in the Bible. Obadiah was a governor. He was the one that came to Elijah. But he was the governor over the house of Ahab, the king. So a governor is not the king, but he is governing as per the direction of a king or an authority. Um, the Bible would talk how Daniel would become the governor over all of the, the wise men that were in Babylon. So he was, he was given a position. He was given a time. A governor is... Is, is, is given this particular dominion, but the Bible refers to the governor that is coming would have a government that was going to only increase. So these were all types of a real governor. And there's another one I, I could read others that were referred to, but even in the time of, of Israel in their captivity, 
there was a governor. The first governor became Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel became the first one. He set up the foundations that was part of the restoration work. So a governor is given a particular a point of time. Now hold that in your, in your thought process because I'm going to come back to it. If you take in the kingdom of God, and, 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 and not, not to, to rehearse this, but we know God had a kingdom. God was God over heavens. Adam was the God on the earth. He had the domain. He had a, a dominion over everything that God had given him. He had the thoughts of God, and he was given it. But the, the fall, which has been well documented, when, when Eve, who was there co-equal with Adam for a period of time, but when she fell, Adam, as a type of Christ, took her to his side to redeem her, if it will. Now, he, out of that, he lost his, his governing power over the earth. But that was a defining element to the fall of man. Now, I'll, I'll just take some quantum leaps here. But in Israel, if you take elements that were relative to the fall, one of the greatest mistakes that Israel made was at Kadesh Barnea. When they rejected what God had promised them to take them out of a land and to take them in, they rejected it saying, the circumstances are too great, we cannot do it. And it was brought about by ten spies who gave an evil report, troubled the people, but yet there was two that believed the promise. And so this was a fall of man. Now, there was, was another one that was under the fall of man, and it was at a time when Israel, now a nation, was in their promised land, and God rose up a prophet named Samuel, and Samuel was, was God's uh, representative, if you will. He was the prophet to the nation. And then the people began to look around them, much like the Ephesian age did. The Ephesian age uh, was the first church age. They, their, their love was for God. They, they loved for God to rule them. They loved for God to, to have dominion, to have a first love, if you will, to have the Holy Spirit, have the preeminence in the church where everyone came together, had the leading of the Lord, the musicians, the congregation. Everyone was praying. They were in one dominion. This was what God started the original church with. But they fell from that because they began to look at the world. And when they looked at the world, they began to take on the, the habits and the fashions of the world and the structure and the order of the world. And, and, and maybe, Lord willing, we'll go into some of that and how it affects us even to this day. But it was similarly when Israel was in their land and they had... They had their prophet, they had everything, they had God, they had all that he wanted. And then they began to look at the other nations and they said to Samuel, give us a king like the other nations. Let's just turn to that. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, Brother Dan, but let's just turn to First uh, Samuel chapter 8. I just want to get to this. Are you with me? Thank you. I know this isn't maybe like the song service. I wanted to come out here and enjoy the song service, but... Uh, I had to just pull my last few things together. First Samuel chapter 8. Let's just read this for a moment. Verse 
verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, came to Samuel unto Ramah, and they said, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. That was the fall of the church in the Ephesians. They finally rejected the leadership of the Holy Ghost that would have taken them into a fullness, but when they rejected it, it, it set them in a different pattern. And this was a defining element in the fall of Israel. They, they took this king, uh, they're going to take an earthly king, they rejected the leadership of the Lord. And he said, and as he would say, they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. According to all the works that they have done since the day I brought them out of Egypt, even unto this day wherein they have forsaken me and served other gods, now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And, and at that point, Samuel begins to tell him, this is what your king will do. He'll take from himself chariots. He'll take horsemen. He'll, he'll appoint captains. He'll, he'll take all of these things. He'll take your daughters, your cooks. He'll take your fields, your vineyards. And, you, and he'll take a tenth of your seed and your vineyards. And he'll take all your men servants. And he goes on and on and on. And in verse 19, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Now, it, it's amazing when, I, when you look at that because it, it was really um, God's will for them to, to be under direct personal contact with the Heavenly Father. Right. Let, me, let me read this. This is from Rejected King, Brother Branham would say, it was at that time that the people never wanted God to lead them. They wanted their own way of leadership. And he says, you can read the story about Samuel. And he says, the people came to this place um, where instead of hearing nothing but a straight, thus saith the Lord, they wanted to change the program. Now that's what happened at Kadesh Barnea. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. That's the danger even today. Listen, I, I won't get into it fully today. But we are living in a day where there are a... Not just a multitude, but a, a, a variety of opinions that, that stretch every which way. And you are taught and you are told in school that you need to search out all the opinions and draw your best conclusion from it. When really, a thus saith the Lord is what we should be hearing. Not just what I think and what I can work up, but a thus saith the Lord. And friends, that's what we've been given, is a thus saith the Lord. And I'll say, let our focus come back to the absolute. Let it come back to where it's what God says above what everybody else says. That's where we're focused on. Now, Brother Branham goes on to say, and it seemed like Israel wanted to pattern himself like these kings. 
but it has never been in any age God's intention for his people to act like the world or to be governed or controlled like the people of the world. God's people are a peculiar people, a called out, a separated, altogether different in their action, in their manner of living, than what the peoples of the world has, their appetites, their makeup, are always contrary to what the things, the peoples of the world desire. So he says, it has never been the will of God, it never was the will of God for a man to rule over one another. God rules over man. God is our ruler. God is our king. Now, I'm not going into this fully today, but there is also a government that God has established. But that government is under, where everyone is under the direct auspices of the Holy Ghost. So it's not, I submit myself to God as much as anyone in this building. I, I, I don't want what I want. I want what God wants. And that's what we're all obligated to do. Now, if we take just this thought a little bit, and uh, let me just read one more here. He said, we like to choose people to control our churches, to control the church of God, Nothing that I have to say against it, but it's always been God that wants to rule his people to govern each individual. There's a danger even within the ranks of the message that we will look what the general consensus is and allow ourselves to be herded into that and move with that. But I believe we're coming to a time where we each individually really need a, a direct contact with God. Every one of us, young people and, 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 and officers in the church and ministers, and, and every one of us needs that. I believe God desires that. I believe He desires the throne of our heart. And that's what we're here to minister. Lord, take this throne. You rule and reign over me. So, now if I, if I will just take this as a basis, um, Isaiah speaks of a child, a son, a governor. You know, if you take those, those thoughts, what a governor is, he is responsible for a body of people, a dominion. He's got an authority on his shoulder. You can take different... Bible translation, some say the government will rest on his shoulders. The government is placed in his hands. He will be our ruler. That's another translation. In other words, he will take over the running of this kingdom. I believe he's doing that right now. What is he doing? Gaining the preeminence in a people. Lord, take the preeminence. Let us be so yielded unto you. And, it, and it's not going to be, you know, I, I, I just was thinking 2024, and all of a sudden I realized as I'm looking at the news, oh no, this is an election year. <laughs> we're going to be hearing, if you, if you hear the USA news, we're going to be hearing about some guy named Donald Trump for the next nine to ten months or whatever it is when the election happens. 
We're going to be hearing about the, the Democrats and then the Republicans. And we're going to be hearing about all these other parties that are out there. And if that's not enough, you're going to hear about Russia and Ukraine. You're going to hear about China. And maybe you don't hear about North Korea as much. But you're going to hear about Israel. And you're going to hear about Gaza. And you're going to hear about all these different things. And you're going to be flooded with all these kingdoms and these pulls and these pressures. And then not to be outdone, we got a guy in Canada that you're going to hear about too. My what have we got to look forward to if that's all that we've got to look at? I'll tell you what we've got to look forward is our king is on the rise. Our king, his government. I'm not going into it today, but in the book of Daniel, when, when, when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and it talked about an image, which, which was a head of gold and down to silver and brass and down to the iron and toes, the last part of that dream was a stone coming to smite that image. Now, Daniel gives the interpretation and said, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold. There's going to come another kingdom. It's going to be the Persians, and then it's going to be the Greeks, and, and then it's going to be the Romans, and it's going to be down to this last days, where it's going to be two kingdoms, and they're not going to mix, and they're iron, and they're clay. Friends, can you see that, that picture that's evolved? But in the days of these kings, the Lord will set up a kingdom that will never be moved. What day are we living in? The day of the coming of our governor. He is on the scene. I believe he's setting up a kingdom right now. Where is he setting it up? In your heart? In my heart? I'm focused on one thing. I, 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 listen, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Don't get your heart set on, 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 a, on a conservative government if that's what you're trying to get. Hey, they're all crooked. They're all temporal. But there is one kingdom that I'm looking to. That kingdom is the one I want to rule. Let it govern in the midst of this crooked and perverse world. He's going to establish his kingdom. There's some scriptures I could read. I'm going to skip a couple just to keep going. He is the king that is coming into power. You know, it was, it was David. He was anointed the king, but yet he was running from Saul. But all along he was being tested. His character was being tested. And how he conducted himself while he was running. And, 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 and you know, he didn't touch the Lord's anointed, even though Joab was there. Hey, you, you got him. God's delivered him in your hands. But David, what was happening? He was being prepared as a king coming into power. And at the same time, there was a whole bunch of people in the kingdom. There was the discontent, the malcontents. There was all kinds of things. And 400 men joined themselves into David. And they said, we see in you the attributes of a king. And you're coming into power. And we want to join with you. That's the way what we're seeing. I, I, I got no hope down here, but there's a kingdom that's coming into power. There's a cloud that has appeared in the last day. There's a judge who is about to judge the earth in righteousness. That's the one I want to know. I don't want to see him with angry eyes one day, but I want to see him as my Lord and as my King. I want to know him as my Savior while it's yet today. What an hour we live in, friends. What an hour we live in. Now, Brother Brandon would speak this, and he says, 
in, in reference to the scriptures we were talking about. And he says, now the Messiah was to come on the scene, and when Christ came on the scene, he had to answer those words that were to be fulfilled of what the prophet spoke of that he should do. Now we can go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy where Moses said, the Lord your God shall rise up a prophet like unto me. Who was it? That was Jesus Christ that he was talking of. So he would be a prophet. And it says now, it showed how Moses was born a certain way, how he was a leader. And not only was he a leader, but he was, this one was to be a priest, a king, and a governor. And all of these things typed Christ exactly. And when Christ was born, Israel was in captivity by the Roman Empire. What was he? Born a peculiar child, raised up. And they said, here he is, a lawgiver, a king, a priest, a prophet, exactly like he was to be. He said, all these things had to be fulfilled. So he was, he was prophet, priest, and king. So that, that was what he was, he was given as, as, as he was there. In the church age book, Brother Branham would say this, God has many titles. He's our righteousness, he's our peace, he's our ever-present, he's our father, he's our son, he's our Holy Ghost, but he has only one human name, and that name is Jesus. Now, just, just bear with me, I'm, I'm taking this thought a little bit. He is a governor, and, 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 and I'll come to it, but he is moving into power. He is, he is, he is, we know that he came to earth, he was son of man when he came on earth. When he left earth, he went up to heaven and he ascended, so son of man is a prophet. So that's an earthly ministry. Then he ascended up on high, he was son of God, that was the high priest that makes intercession for us. He's coming back to become son of David, which is his kingly ministry. He's coming, but before he does that, there's a brief space of time that he becomes son of man again. And a son of man is a prophetic office, and the prophetic office is to make himself so real to a people in this last day, and he's going to make himself real, that it's going to bring about a marriage union. It's going to bring about something that only God can do with a predestinated people. And then he's moving to son of David. Where do we stand right now? We're right in this little spot. He's become, he's, he's gone through all these ages. He's still, he's still interceding for us. But he's more than that. Now listen to how Brother Brown puts this. He said, don't be confused because he has three offices. On earth he was a prophet. In heaven he is a priest. He is coming back he will be king of kings. He that was, Jesus. The prophet, he that is. The high priest, making intercession. One who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Him who is to come, the coming king. On earth he was the word, the prophet. Moses referred to him. Notice these three things about Jesus. On earth he was prophet, lamb, and son. That did not make him three. But there are three manifestations of one person. Listen, let me just go to Ephesians chapter 1 for a moment. Ephesians 1. 
We're living in the unfolding of time. Now, God has so ordained it, you know, that all of the shadows and the types that are in the Bible, we, we can't in our human mind digest all that God is. So God will bring shadows and types in, in, in the prophets, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, and then he'll bring types in the law and the order of the law, and all of these, they speak of one. Who is it? It's Christ. So he, he, is, he is ascending in our revelation of who he is, and we're beginning to esteem him for all that he really is. Now Ephesians takes us to what he will become. Let's just take Ephesians 1 verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world that is to come. So he, he who in, was identified in Isaiah as the one who had to tread the winepress. He had to become something. So also we who were sinners identified with him, we become something. We always were sons of God, but there has to be a manifestation of faith to bring us to what we have to come. And it's, it's because of our identification in him. Don't ever esteem what God's doing. Don't ever despise what God is doing in your life. If you're going through a struggle or a trial or whatever it is, God is working out something in you that will be presented as fine gold one day and you will be grateful for everything he put you through and that he's brought out of you. Hallelujah. Oh, it's glorious. <coughs> when we can see it. I think it's been about two and a half weeks since I last preached and I feel it. My voice isn't what it should be. I've enjoyed all the services. So he's doing a work. So he says, now, and he has put, verse 22, all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, of who? Him that filleth all in all. So the rise of this governor is also bringing about a government that's underneath him. And we are part of his government. We will reign and rule with him, but we have to go through this process. Oh, it's wonderful. Let's go over to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. It's a similar train of thought. Verse 12. He says now, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Where do you live? Well, uh, geographically in Canada, but I'm seated in heavenly places. This world is not my home. I'm actually in another place already. I'm not living by the laws of this land. I'm not fighting by the laws of this land. When I kneel in prayer, I'm living by a higher power. There's a connection with heaven. That's where I'm actually at. 
So I'm not earthbound, but I'm heavenly bound. And the more I get in prayer, Brother Moses, was it you that shared the quote the other day? You can't go like you are. You're too heavy. That's not just measuring weight, but it's measuring all the baggage that we have in our lives. So it's got to be trimmed off. Now he says here, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What can wash away my sin, Brother Jeff? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And he says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Oh, I'm glad I'm a sheep today. I'm glad I'm not a goat with my own will. But I'm submitting myself to him. I'm yielding to him. And you know what? There's no more glorious place than to be completely yielded to his will and his way. Why? It, it, it's, I'll tell you what. It's a rest that you enter into. Lord, whatever you want, I'm here for you. Oh, there's some things that aren't so easy to step into. But Lord, whatever you want. I believe if we can have that attitude, oh, that'll take us a long ways. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of the cross by, he, by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet hath he now yet hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through the death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Now that's what's being worked out right now. So we recognize that, that that's where he's going. Now, I could spend a little bit more time on, on this prophet, priest, and king, but I'm going to pick part of this up in another service. Now, there's one part of governor... There's a, there's a meaning to the word of governor that I didn't come to yet. A, a governor is a device that controls the speed of an engine by regulating the supply of fuel. Of fuel. <laughs> oh my goodness, how did I come up with that? I think we got some Jehus here that need a governor. <laughs> You don't need a deacon telling you're driving through the parking lot too fast. You need a governor. It's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It will slow you down automatically. Oh, I like how the prophet says things. He says, when you find yourself speeding, just stop. Just stop it, he says, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a good advice. Why? That'll save you a lot of headache. And a lot of photos that show up in the mail unexpectedly. It'll help you. Guaranteed. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a point on that. So a governor, it's there to maintain a constant speed. Now I'm, I'm going to focus the rest of the service on, on this part a little bit if I can. Because I'm going to just say this. We need a constant walk with our governor. 
We need a prayer life. We need to be in the Word. We need to continually be reminded. Now, if, if he was prophet, he is priest, and he will be king. But he's rising into power. So at, at the moment, he is at the Father. He is making intercession for us. Now, we are in kind of right between dispensations, if I can say it. And, and it's, it's bigger than I can go to in, in this service. But he's there making intercession. But he sends down the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the governor over our lives. The Holy Ghost that we have now, oh, thank God, it will be there, but it is not our glorified state yet. That, that's where we're coming to. But for now, he gives us a governor, a temporal governance or control over our lives. Now, it doesn't do away with all of your bodily deficiencies of your first birth. I, 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 I have just a little thinner hair. It's always been that way. I've got a little poorer eyesight. The Holy Ghost doesn't do away with that. Thank God that there's things to help me. But there are deficiencies that happen in our spirit realm also. Now, I'm, I'm going to, let me, let me just, I want to take one aspect of this before I go fully into this. But he is also just, just this governor. He's identified in Isaiah. I'm not just going to use this one phrase. I can use the others, but... He is our counselor. Now, there's nothing like being able to go on your knees and to talk something over with the Lord. And, and don't ask me how this works, but you just tell the Lord from the bottom of your heart how you feel. And you tell him, and then you tell him what his word says. And I'm having trouble connecting these two, Lord, but this is what you said. And as you begin to pray, and all of a sudden you find it's not you praying anymore, but there's an interconnection between a Holy Spirit and your spirit, and all of a sudden things are happening that you can't explain to anybody. What is the value of a governor in your life? It is greater than just showing up at church. It is greater than just reading or listening. It is a direct interaction with the Holy Ghost. And we need it. I'm going to take just a few scriptures just to kind of highlight where I'm going with this here. But let's just take him as a counselor. I'll refer to a few of these. Brother Dan, if you, if you get to them, you get to them. If you don't, you don't. But Job chapter 12. And, and Job would say here as he, as he comes to it, and he says, With him is wisdom and strength, he hath counsel and understanding. I, I, like, I like, I'm just going to take a few of these and, and, and just say it this way. Now, I'll also read from Psalms chapter 1 because you can go to a lot of places to get counsel. And the one that's often used by a lot of us and things is a place called Google. Well, Google is a good counselor if you're trying to find a restaurant or your directions, or something like that, or information. But it's not a counselor that you need for your heavenly destination. You need something greater than that. So in Psalms chapter 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen, 
We're living in an age where there's a lot of disputations about the message. A lot of opinions about the message. I don't have time for their kind of counsel. In fact, there's a lot of unbelief that goes around it. And I find even interaction with certain people. I don't have the time to listen to everybody's opinion about something. I want to hear one opinion. I want to hear the counsel of my Heavenly Father. Psalm 16, verse 7. I will bless the Lord who giveth me counsel. My rains also instruct me in the night seasons. Sometimes I wake up and there's a thought that just comes in my mind. And I think, i got to write this down. This is glorious. And I've made the mistake once or twice in saying, I'll remember it in the morning. And I wake up in the morning. I have no idea what the thought was. It was glorious, but it has escaped me. And so now I know if the Lord wakes me up and he gives me a thought, I write it down. <laughs> it, it, it's just a lot better. But I'll tell you what. The thoughts of God, the counsel of God... Is, is, is a wisdom beyond anything else you'll have in this world. He'll also go on to say, Psalms 33, verse 11, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Oh, man, there are things. Back up one verse to chapter 10, Brother Dan. If you, if you can. The Lord, and this is 33 verse 10, the Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, you know what some of the most dangerous words are in the, in, in, in the land? Studies show. <laughs> Listen, it happened in Brother Branham's day. Eating eggs is not good for you. Studies show this and this happens. Studies show that you you go on Google News, you will find so many opinions about health, about diet, about well-being, about all of these kind of things. I'll tell you what, it it blows your mind. Lord, give me of your wisdom. Give me a temperance in my mind and my soul and let me draw from you. And, and, And it's in the word, it's in the message, it's in the body, if I can say it that way. Psalm 73, verse 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Oh, I love these things. They're wonderful. He is wonderful. He is counselor. Oh, friends, the counsel of God is far greater than anything else you'll do. You know what what sometimes we miss out on? Is we think we know it. We got this. Somebody makes a saying, I got this. Those are dangerous words. There's only one person that's got this. It's him. And I want to be connected with him. You know, there's, there's a blessing to me in the body. I, I don't know all things. But you know what? I'm glad I got brothers, elders, ministers, deacons. And sometimes I'll just go to one of them and say, such and such, what, how do you see this? And you know what? Sometimes it's just a word. And I go, that, that, that defines it. That's it. Where did that come from? God working through a body. I, I, I have friends as ministers. They're not all alike. They're not all like me. I like to have different friends. 
Friends that I can talk to, how do you see this particular narrative in the Bible? And, 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 and they'll bring me through thought, and I think, oh, I needed to hear that. I just had it happen at New Year's. I was going down a path on something, and I'm going, this is for sure. And all of a sudden, brother sends me a text from overseas, and he just drops a word in, and I go, ah, that's the part I was missing. Where did that come from? It's in the body. Oh, friends, by counsel, purposes are, purposes are defined. You can understand where God wants you to go. Let's just, I'm going to read a couple others here. Proverbs 1, if I can. I'll, just re- I'll go through these quickly here. This is a number of them from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1 with 30. They would have none of my counsel. They despised my reproof. You know, there's people in the framework of the message who feel that all they need is what they can glean off of a tape or off of their understanding of the Bible. And you know what I find? That there's a deficiency. Why? Because they're not benefiting from all that God has in the body. And he says now, Proverbs 8, verse 14, 14, Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Proverbs 11, verse 14, Where there no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I've used this one when I went to seek Brother Harold's counsel on something. I I remember coming to him. I was rather bold. I was a young man. I said, Brother Harold, I'm not coming here to hear your opinion. But I was praying the other day, and this is the scripture the Lord gave to me. And I'm taking the Lord at his word, and I want to hear the counsel you have from the Lord. And I I said that. I want to hear what God has to say through you. Because I believe God is there. I I have to counsel people sometimes. Honestly, I I sometimes don't have the answer. But I'm just praying and I'm saying, Lord, you know. And and I'm pleading and all of a sudden something comes and I don't know where it came from. And it's, it's the Lord. He works through the body. He works through gifts. How does a songwriter get inspired? How do they do that? They just stay in the presence. They stay under. And all of a sudden something comes. How does a minister prepare for a service? Well, Brother Adam would talk about how he did it. He'd go in the woods. He'd be under a tree. And all of a sudden, he'd be under the tree. And he says something like two plus two and equals four. And he began to preach. And all of a sudden, a thought comes. And he's inspired. And he begins to write down notes. And then he comes back and he checks it in the Bible. And that's how he developed services. Where does it come from? From God. I'm glad that we have a counselor. Oh, friends. You need a counselor in this age. I'll I'll speak on it. I'm not sure when I'm going to come to it. But I'm going to speak on what is just ahead of us in the form of AI. Artificial intelligence. Friends, they're saying within seven years, they're going to try and give the capacity for you to live, not in your body, but in a spirit realm in another way. That's what they're working to. Saying, we can't develop it, but through AI, we've got the technology that's going to make it possible. (laughs) Who do you want to trust in? Some, Some... computer that has been generated by the multitude of minds of man or do you want to dwell with him who is the counselor that will be forever I want to put my trust in him I want to put my he he put everything we have need of into a message that is called the voice of God in these last days and I believe it's everything we have need of to bring us to a body change he would go on to say 
Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wide wise. There's so many I could read here. I'll just hear counsel. Proverbs 19, verse 20. Receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter end. Listen, I, I got a... There was one that, that came to me here and just as I was looking at this and I'm thinking, not one of us knows everything. Not even the prophet. God held things from him. Why? Because not one of us is like unto God. But we should be just content, Lord. Whatever I have need of for my earthly journey, you will not hold it back from me. You will give it to me and I'll be content with whatever you show me. I don't need to know more. I don't need to strive for less. But I want every benefit that God has for me. Why? Because he's my governor. He is my Lord. Now let me just take this for a moment. Brother Branham is praying. This is in a message called My New Ministry. And he's, he's praying. And, and he's, it's 1959. And God is leading him through first and second pull. But there's something on the horizon that he can't tap into just yet. But God has it for him. And he will actually say, now, he's, he's had a prayer. Now he says, God has revealed it. I'm earnestly seeking and desiring prayers. I realize I'm a man of 50 years. He says, the other morning I said to my wife, I'm already 50, honey. If I do anything for the Lord, I've got to hurry. So he's anxious about it. He's anxious about it. And she says, his wife says, sisters, this is your moment clue into this for a moment. His wife says, Bill, God trained Moses 80 years. He can train you for another 50 years to get one day's service from you. He's got a purpose for you, so just stand still. The prophet of the age heard from his wife a gift of wisdom in the body. And, she, and, he's, and he says, huh, I thought that was a whole lot of wisdom. Just stand still. Wow. Where did that come from? The body. <laughs> oh, isn't God good? <laughs> and he says, now, God moves everything according to his plan. Just be still. Don't try to push. Don't get ahead of him. So he gathers inspiration from his wife, said, and now he begins preaching to the church. Oh, man, if we could listen to what God is saying. Oh. He will, he, will, he will just drop off into a few paragraphs. Then he says, oh, I'm sure if you could all see what it is. It's coming. It's a greater. It's a deeper anointing of the Holy Spirit. How do you get into it? I don't know. The only thing I knew is God can put you into it. He said, just live sweet, humble, close to God. Don't doubt him. Believe that everything is working good for you and it will bring it to work out just right. See? Oh, isn't... I, I, I just... I'm thankful so many times. Just open a message or hear from somebody. What is it? It's the goodness of God to us. We're living in a time of famine. The world is in famine of what? Hearing the word of God. Listen, there's more Bibles in print. There's more digital Bibles. There's more sermons on the internet. They're everywhere. But are people really hearing from God? 
Oh, you, you just ought to say, thank you. Lord is speaking to me. He's revealing love secrets to me. He's my counselor. He is, he is everything to me. Let me just go a little further. All right, let's just jump quickly. We've got a little bit of time, just another 10 minutes. Let's go quickly to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now, this is, this is talking about all the gifts, but I'm going to just focus on two that very few of us go to. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Now, people, when they will make a point, do you have the gifts operating in your church? Well, if I would tell them we'd have the gift of wisdom or the gift of knowledge, most people wouldn't be satisfied with that. Because they're always looking at the gifts that are more boisterous and noisy than all the rest. But these gifts are all in the body. And so he says, the gift of wisdom, just, you know, just somebody, like, like, just like Sister Branham said, Sister Mita said to Brother Branham, Bill, God's got a purpose for you. Where did that come from? I believe that was God anointing her. Somebody, you know, you can be in a crowd and, and somebody's all going, and one person will just pop up and say something, and all of a sudden it just puts everything in place. A gift of wisdom. That is God speaking to us. If we can see it sometimes. And I, I appreciate that God will use these things. You know, I, I think it was in Ecclesiastes. Oh, I told you I wasn't going to go to another scripture, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I think it is. If I still have got it, I don't know if I put it here. Yeah, maybe it's here. Ecclesiastes 9, it says, there was, there was a city in verse 14. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 14. There was a little city, and there was a few men within it, and there came a great king against it, and he besieged it, and he built great bulwarks around it. So this was like a physical thing that was going to just destroy the city. But in the city, there was found in it a poor wise man. And by, and he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. <laughs> I, I marvel at this. Got thousands of theologians and scholars, and they got great big things. And if you watch some church services, they've got pyrotechnics. They've got all kinds of things that, that do things. But here we have this humble, humble, simple message. And this humble, simple message delivered by a poor man but it is the wisdom of God that has been delivered to us and it will deliver us from everything that is around if we receive it. And then here is Solomon saying this, verse 16, then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. How often... Do we look for the answer in ourselves or by our own means or our own strength instead of just waiting on God and saying, Lord, speak to me. Amen. You have the answer, Lord, somewhere. Amen. And he says, the words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that rules among fools. Oh, I am thankful to God for the wisdom that he imparts to us as we need it. I don't have it all, but when I know as I go along the way, he'll make a way, he'll show the way, he'll shed light on it. Now, let me just go a little further. I want to just take this 
thought just as a last, as I close now. Wisdom. You can talk about wisdom. I can talk about the word of knowledge. I think it was um, Tommy Hicks. It was a young man of Brother Branham. Under the, he saw the gift and he said, Brother Branham, what should I do? Should I go to Bible school? Should I do such and such? He says, no. You see that old oak tree over there? Just go sit under it for a while. You know what he was referring to? Brother Bosworth, a senior minister. Just go sit and learn under him a little bit. But you know what? We, we're so anxious, we want to run. Are, are we humble enough and simple enough to say, Lord, let the life of those around me speak to me. Let the elders you've placed... Listen, we're, we're having... Some of our elders have passed on. We don't have these oak trees anymore. Some of us have got to become oak trees. Some of us has got to be the wisdom to others. And, and you know what? If you allow God and say, Lord, not for me, but for those that are coming behind me. Let me, oh Lord, not that I can be something, but that you can give them something. I believe that ought to be the right attitude. Now, I want to just take this for a moment. Because as I said earlier, the Holy Spirit, it's given to you. Now, every one of us have what's called a temperament. It's a nature. Uh, it's the nature of your spirit. It's the nature, you find it in animals. You can buy one dog, uh, a German shepherd, and another dog and a German shepherd, and you get two different temperaments. Why? Because they're different spirited dogs. You can buy, uh, you know, whatever you want to buy, different kinds of animals, but same thing with people. You get different temperaments. And, and under the different temperaments that you get, you know, even Brother Branham had a temperament. And his temperament was temper. And he, and, and he would talk about it. He'd say, you know, he's saying, um, my mother was half Indian. My, mother, my father was Irishman. And both of them had enough temper to fight a buzzsaw. And he said, and all the time my mouth was mashed. That was from getting in fights. I was little to begin with. They'd pick me up and knock me down. I'd get up, they'd knock me down. And he says, that's the way I had it. He said, I thought I can never be a Christian. But when the Holy Spirit came into my life... That did it. That was the governor that came into his life. And he says now, he says later, he says, there was a woman one time, I would have had to cut the lights off. He was talking about when he was for the public service, I would have had to cut the power off. And I had hair on the top of my head back then. And she said, you little kinky-headed idiot. And I told her, I says, woman, you oughtn't to curse like that. Don't you fear God? Now, he, listen to what he, what he says here. He says, and she said, you little kinky-headed idiot, I don't want to get a half-wit like you. And she went blankety-blank. Now, if that had only been a year earlier, <laughs> he says, now, a man that strikes a woman isn't be man enough to strike, uh, that it wasn't man enough to strike a man, but I might have had to break that at that time <laughs> for calling my mother a bad name like that. <laughs> And he says, but you know what? It never even phased me. Now, what does the Holy Ghost do? It changes your temperament. Now, before you just look at the Holy Ghost as a cure-all, remember, it's a governor that is preparing you and bringing you to your glorified body, to your theophany body, then your glorified body. It is bringing you to that. So it's got the temporal reign and rule over you. But while you're here, you have to give yourself to it in prayer, 
You have to give yourself to the Word, and the more you do it, the more the white dog wins over the black dog. So, now this, this is simple, but and then the, this all started when somebody asked Brother Branham a question. Brother Branham, what do I do when someone gets on me or steps on my toes? This is a question, questions and answers. As the old saying is, my temper rises, how can I overcome this thing? I know the Lord would have me to do it, but how can I do it in my heart? This is the answer. Sweeten your temper with prayer. Oh, wow. Ah, that blankety blank blank. No, right at that moment, go in prayer. I said this to somebody else. I'll say it again. When is the worst time to go grocery shopping? When you're hungry. Why? Because you buy all kinds of things you wouldn't buy if you weren't hungry. And your grocery bill is guaranteed at least 25 to 30% more. When is the best time to make a judgment call on something? Oh, when I'm emotional or temperamental. No, that's not the right time. Hey, we're all human. Somebody will step on your toes. They step on my toes. And I've, I've kind of had to learn, okay, just let it pass. Let's step back. Let's evaluate. Let's just consider, okay, now I'll come and hit. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> no, what do you do? You're letting the Holy Ghost govern you, rule over you, reign over you. Listen, the Holy Ghost, is, it, will, it will not give you enough that you can say, I have no lust no more. I have no temper no more. But it will give you enough that you can overcome it. Those things will be there. And they are there. Listen, they're, they're, lust is not only in a, in, in a 16-year-old, but it's there in an 80-year-old. But you have to overcome it. So what do you do? You've got to give yourself to it. You've got to allow the, the Holy Spirit. Now, even Brother Branham, I'm winding down. He would, he would say this. Now, he talked about his temper, but now let's take another part of his disposition because the Elijah spirit was a moody type of spirit. And Elijah in the Bible would get that way, Lord, I'm the only one, you know, and there's none left besides me. And God has said, no, there, there is 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. Uh, Elijah didn't feel that. He didn't have the wisdom, but that was his disposition, Brother Branham was the same way. Now look at how he describes his temperament in perfect faith. He said, I get spells where I get moody. Now, listen, this is probably not for anyone here, but just so you know how Brother Branham was, okay? Just, just so you know how he was. I get spells where I get moody. I get to a spot where I get those spells when I get all overworked and Satan tells me, nobody cares for you. You haven't got a friend in the world. Now, maybe this is for somebody listening in on the tape, but if you are, just... Brother Bam says, I'm not immune to temptation. See, I've got to overcome that. Now, when I look back and see something like this, I, and, I, and he says, what is he seeing? He's seeing people drive from Georgia to come up to his meetings. And then he says, now, Satan, what about that? And he says, what about that? And what about this person that texted me? And, and you know what? And the more you do that, the devil leaves you. 
You need to learn when it rises up, if it's temper, if it's discouragement, if it's disappointment, if it's depression, whatever it is, if it's depression, you know, tell your husband or tell your wife to tell you a couple good jokes. Yeah. We were sitting at the table the other day and my my wife shared one with me. And I thought, oh, this is really good. Maybe I should share it with all of you. Okay, now I I wasn't going to share it, but now you're all looking at me. It was a questions and answers sent to school. And it asked, a, it, asked a, it asked a kid, who is your hero? My father was the answer. What is the attribute that makes your hero so good? He is brave. What is your hero afraid of? My mom. <laughs> I had to laugh. I thought that was good. <laughs> but you know what? You need that. Did you ever listen to Perry Green's testimony about Brother Branham? They're driving down the road for two hours. He says, Brother Perry, do you have any good jokes? And they told jokes for two hours. Now, what was all of that? That was helping overcome the temperament that the devil would take you down on. Now, we're all built differently. I'm built differently. I know where my weaknesses are. But you know what? I'm glad that there's a Holy Ghost and he's a governor over my life. And we, we could take a lot of different things, but my time is out. You know, you can take about if, if it's your crossing bridges or you're always looking at things negatively and things. Well, you know what? You can overcome that. You know what? And if, if you're always waking up with a sense of gloom, little tip for you, don't read the news first. Go to your Bible and go in prayer and get the promises of God. Hey, that's a tip. It's a good one. There's, there's other things. You know, if I'm high-passioned. Well, you know, don't go... Looking, keep a cross in your car, like Brother Branham said. You know, and, and if you're a young man and you're prone to, to high testosterone levels and you're, you're pressing the gas a little too hard, you know what it says? Young men, exhort to be sober-minded. Let that spirit of Jehu just disappear. Let, let a governor, you ever see those trucks? If this vehicle exceeds 90 kilometers an hour, please call such and such a number. <laughs> yeah, why is it? That's a governor. We need the governor. How many needs a governor? Okay, let's have the musicians come. I've kept you long enough here today. There's other things I could share, but I'm just trying to do it. Listen, friends, we all have ups and downs. In our individual life, you're going to need somebody around you that is stable. You know, let, Brother Adam said, let the Holy Ghost, let it stabilize you. So when you get down in the dumps... You don't go completely down. And when you're high, you don't go completely off the charts. I, I want to I let these highs and lows just start to balance out more. You go through it not only as individuals but as a church. You have highs and you have lows. But I'm thankful, <laughs> Brother Harold said it years ago, he says, I'm thankful that everybody in the church isn't going through a trial at the same time. <laughs> There are some people that are rejoicing. Thank God. And, and whatever you're at, you help balance somebody off. Let's stand together. Is the governor rising in your heart? God is wanting us to come a little higher. I, I need him more and more. Lord, you reign and rule. You reign and rule. Lord, you reign and rule. You reign and rule over me. 
Sing. 